Beer with Buffy is a retro analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us on patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. I was told you were coming. The competition is a beautiful thing. We're Slayer's girlfriend, the chosen two. Why should we let him take all the Gosh, I'm feeling chipper. <laughs> Who's for a root beer? Jeez. I don't like vampires. Take a stand and say they're not good. Fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Uh, the ice cream bar is this way. Ladies and gentlemen, it is that time again for the beer with the Buffy. Welcome to Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. Today on Beer with Buffy, we're going to be reviewing Season 3, Episode 11 of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Gingerbread. I'm very disappointed there was no gingerbread whatsoever in this episode. Zero gingerbread. I have a very important question to ask you right now, Rex. Okay. Can we do a different episode? No. <laughs> God damn it! What good are you? We had... We set out with pre-established rules. Each episode in order. Ah. <sighs> <laughs> I need an adult. <laughs> I hate I hate to be the one to tell you this. You're an adult. Yeah. You are your own adult. There's no adults in this room. <laughs> There's no adults in this TV show. Well, maybe Edgar. Giles is the closest we get. Yeah, no, Edgar. Edgar, I think, is the closest we got to an adult. I'm pretty sure Edgar <laughs> is coaxing me to do irresponsible things. Yeah. He's a manipulator like that. Peer pressure is not cool, Edgar. It's not peer pressure. He's not your peer. He's a cat. I don't want any of your <laughs> catnip, okay? <laughs> All right. Just a little bit if it'll shut you up. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> All right. Here on Beer with Buffy... It is time for some silly voices, some bad English accents, interrupting Rex with as much nonsense as possible. But first, spoiler-free, I I just finished watching Game of Thrones. Oh, feel you did? I did. The so, whole thing? The whole thing. So feel free to weigh in on this if you feel so inclined. I just want to make a shout-out and a little note to all the Game of Thrones fans who hated the ending. Stop your fucking belly aching. Okay, there's a couple of legitimate... I Gripes is too strong of a word, but I'm yeah. just going to go with the word gripes. There are some legitimate gripes about the ending. That's fine, I get that, but you're wrong and I hate you. Yeah. Anybody who's demanding that they change the ending, shut your fucking cake holes. The number one thing about it that irritates me is it's like, what, did you guys expect a fucking happy ending? Yeah. No, nobody gets what they want. It's, it's not, Game of Thrones. It's not a happy fucking TV show. <laughs> Have you been watching any of it ever? Yeah. Um. <laughs> no, I have. I have my qualms with the with the last season. But sure. No, it it's not supposed to be a happy ending. It makes for great conversations talking to people, and that's great. There's not a lot of TV shows that you can say that about. Not as much anymore. Yeah. It's. I mean. 
so what if you'd gotten exactly what you wanted? You sit there and go, oh, that sure was cool how that ended with the fucking Disney ending. Yeah. zippity doo da. I mean, Let's rule, all sit and masturbate. Rule number one of any sort of art ever is if you are a consumer of the art, you do not know what you actually want. Right? Well, and that's the other thing is... Even if the ending had been as painfully shitty as people led me to believe, because I wasn't keeping up with it, I was woefully behind. But the way this movement popped up demanding that they change the ending, I was like, man, they must have really royally fucked something up. But even let's say they did royally fuck something up, which they didn't, you have zero right. You have negative right to demand that oh, anybody yeah. change a goddamn thing. How much money did you invest in this show getting made? None? Shut your fucking cake hole. Besides that, the ending of Dexter was way worse. Oh, yeah. This. And way, it still wasn't that fucking bad. Right. Way... The ending, the ending of Dexter had way more disservice to the character that they have built yes. than anything they had in this yeah, whereas Game of Thrones, they did not disservice anybody, I do no. not think. I don't think so. I, I, I agree with you. I, I completely agree with you. And I'm so glad I can finally fucking talk to you about this. Yeah. Because I've been wanting to bitch about this whole petition thing for a <laughs> while. <laughs> Excellent. I'm glad we're on the same page there. Now, back to our regular scheduled Buffy podcast. Oh, what do you recommend, Rex? A mom synopsis. You recommend a mom synopsis? Yes. That's crazy talk. Joshua! What are you doing, Joshua? Are you sitting there quietly in your personal bubble, enjoying your own personal space? Usually. Well, I was hoping that I could just invade that personal space. Well, you see, there's this thing about personal space. It's personal space, and it's generally not meant to be invaded under any circumstances. <laughs> Even, like, there's there's no providing permission. You simply respect that it's personal space, and then you stay over there, and you don't invade it. Okay, but I figured that it's your personal space, which means it's my personal space. Are we... We're seriously having this conversation. This tracks to too many people that I know. <laughs> well, what's yours is mine, and what's mine is mine, so... I'm just going to go ahead and invade your personal space. <laughs> so, business as usual. What's going on with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Joshua? Oh, and also you should wipe front to back. Front to back. Oh my god. <laughs> <sighs> on today's episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Gingerbread... Why are they burning Buffy and Willow at the stake? I thought they were friends. Well, okay. Uh, Joyce decided to barge in on Buffy's patrol. She's lucky she didn't get murdered. And they found a couple of dead children with the symbol on their palm, which turned out to be a symbol that represents witches. And so the entire town literally goes on a witch hunt to find the people who killed these children, but it turns out that there were actually no dead children and they were demons, a la Hansel and Gretel, who were just tricking the town into turning on itself and killing 
random people, but they weren't counting on actual witches being in this town. They kill the demon, and everyone's fine. Oh, and in the meantime, Joyce managed to create an entire an entire organization with the dumbest name ever, Moms Opposed to the Occult, which comes out to Moo. And I've always said, everybody loves a cow. Nobody loves a Moo Moo. <laughs> you know? Are you saying you don't like my Moo Moo? <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. Nobody likes it. <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, 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 down. As soon as the sun goes down, 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 down. Competition is a beautiful thing. Cold open. And as an official representative of the cult of Keanu Reeves, Brother Rex, I, I feel inclined to wish you Keanu Speed. Keanu Speed to you as well. Well, and I've also decided that the proper response is Reeves be with you. Reeves be with you. There it is. So. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love it. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. For now, that's that's a thing that's never going to stop happening. Keanu Speed. Reeves be with you. Very nice. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, cold open. Uh, Buffy's on the hunt. Randomly, Joyce shows up with a fucking thermos and snacks and shit. Yeah, and you do not fucking sneak up on Buffy like that while she's on patrol. But that is stupid on multiple levels. It's It really speaks to Buffy's reflexes and control and wits and just everything about her that she didn't stab Joyce in the face with anything at all. And I mean, Joyce's motivation here is actually really good. Um, Kind of. Her... Her motivation is good. Her execution is bad. But that's a little better than her motivation being bad and her execution being bad, which has been the case the majority of the time. Mm -hmm. But no, she's trying to just... She's trying to just understand the whole Slayer thing. Sure. But I think the moment Buffy says, you know, slaying is kind of an alone thing, is the moment she should have been... She should have respected that and backed off, but she yep. didn't. And that's what bothered me. And that's how we got our fantastic mom synopsis today. Right. You're welcome. Because obviously at this exact moment when it gets is when it gets dangerous. A vamp shows up. It's always so much easier to do a good mom synopsis when Joyce has pissed me off. Right? <laughs> I fucking My, bet. What's Joyce doing that I can relate to way too much? <laughs> way too way much. Way too much. So a vamp shows up and attacks. Obviously, Buffy fights it, uh, chases it, tells Joyce to sit still and and don't go anywhere. And Joyce is all trying to be helpful while Buffy's fighting the vampire. And I'm like, oh my god, stop! Yeah, please stop. Just stop helping, Joyce. She stop recognizes helping. the vampire, which comes up in one quick comment later in the episode, yeah. and that's it. She doesn't stay where Buffy told her to stay. She wanders off and comes across a fucking uh, playground. Specifically the merry-go-round portion of the playground. Yeah, and there's two dead kids. Two dead kids. Yeah. 
two dead kids. Yeah, I was just trying to make up a song about it. No, don't. The don't happy do song. That. You can't have a happy song about dead kids. Two dead kids. <laughs> <laughs> we can sell this to Nickelodeon. It's like a fucking Saturday morning cartoon <laughs> jingle shit. Exactly. Uh, Buffy kills the vampire. How many dead kids? Count them. One. <laughs> Two. Anyway, we see that the... Three! Oh, no, no, count them again. <laughs> okay, this joke's this joke's dead. Like the kids. <laughs> I fucking knew you were going to go there. Anyway. I'm going to hell. There's a strange green mark on the kids' hand. <laughs> opening sequence, opening credits. We're back at the playground and the police are there. Actually doing their fucking jobs for once. Yeah, they're not from our town. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've already pre- previously established that the police in Sunnydale are oh. mostly pointless. Yeah, yeah, they they do normally suck quite a bit. You're right. Uh, Joyce is having a bit of a Wiggins. Yeah, quite a bit of a Wiggins. She's having a, shall we say, a Jiggins? <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> no. No? No. Too soon? It has nothing to do with how soon. It's just bad. Too much? Quite. Poor? Yes, poor. Tasteless. Awful. Your joke is bad and you should feel bad. I do. Thank you. Good. No. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> but Buffy is like trying to soothe her. She's like, try to calm down, hugging her mom. And then cut to the next scene. She's yelling at Giles, don't tell me to be calm. Yeah. In the history of the world, has anybody ever <laughs> calmed the fuck down when be- being told to calm down? Specifically, if anything, it upsets you more every time. Yeah. And I, I've i seen it portrayed the other way a couple of times, and I'm like, oh, fucking hell no. There's I have not met a single person on this planet who, who functions that way, and neither have you. If you tell me you have, you're lying. I completely agree. <laughs> one of the number one mental triggers I have is being told to calm down. Fuck you. Calm down, Rex. All right. It's fuck you. It's not that big a deal, okay? <laughs> just count to that's ten. That's the second phrase. <laughs> count to ten. <laughs> it's just a game, Rex. That's the one that really bothers me. If I'm getting pissed at a game, fuck off! I'm playing a game. Yeah. This is not about you. This is about me. Me, 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 me. Do you understand? <laughs> Obviously not, because you're making it about you. So anyway, back to what we're supposed to be talking about. <laughs> me. No. Edgar? Buffy. Oh. Is Buffy's name Edgar? No. Is Buffy's name Josh? Definitely not. <sighs> also, Buffy is significantly prettier. Bored now. <laughs> yeah that's this whole episode. hey i am a very pretty man you have several female friends who've told you as much yeah <laughs> god damn it uh, i get told that way too much and uh, i usually look at them and be like why do you think i want to know this <laughs> <laughs> because it brings me joy next no so Buffy shows Giles the symbol that was on the kid's hand. Uh, Giles believes that it's a symbol used in a ritualistic thing, but he doesn't really have any specifics. Yeah. 
Giles is worried that Buffy is making the whole situation personal, which she is. A little bit. Yeah. Buffy mentions she wants a loophole so that she can kill people. Yeah. Because slayers are apparently forbidden from killing people, which I feel like should go without saying, but there it is. Yeah. Dig this. Dig this. Sire has a wind. Sire beheading. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Sunlight. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Cold water. Usual. Oh, yeah. I hit him. With what? A desk. Beer with Buffy would like to announce a t-shirt contest. A free t-shirt contest. Till August 31st, midnight, Eastern Time. If you submitted an iTunes review, take a screenshot of you submitting the iTunes review and email that screenshot to us, you'll be entered in a drawing for the t-shirt. Full contest rules will be on our Patreon. Like you guys! It's <laughs> totally a contest! So, cut to the cafeteria, right? Yep cut to the food line of the cafeteria where Oz and Xander have the best <laughs> conversation. Man, their rapport is staggering. Xander looks over to Oz and says, so a burrito. Oz replies with, this is a burrito. <laughs> Xander replies with, damn straight. Yeah, he dropped the D word. He did. On primetime television. Such a riveting conversation, gentlemen. Riveting. Riveting. <laughs> Bring the chocolate sauce. <laughs> oh, they go and meet Willow, and apparently Amy's in this episode. Yeah. She looks a bit different. Yeah. She decided to go with the goth look. You know, she picked a direction and she went with it. Kudos. Well, their friend Michael is also goth. Right. Like, very emo goth. And she's an actual witch. If anybody has any real excuse to go goth, and it's not just because they want an excuse to drink coffee and smoke, then being a witch definitely qualifies. Yep. So Xander continues to be, like, ridiculously super duperty awkward yeah. between him and Oz. And he's all, like, nervously chatty. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. And uh, so when Oz asks Willow where she's been, Xander's like, not with me. Ask anybody. <laughs> I need an adult. And then we get one. Yes. Or at least a sorry excuse for one. Because <laughs> Joyce is stalking Buffy. Quick note, though. Buffy's birthday is apparently next week. Okay. Oz says as much. Sure. I really hope that next episode involves Buffy's birthday. I wouldn't be surprised if it does. That would be quality writing if it does. Yeah. I really hope they follow through with that. But yeah, Buffy shows up, starts to tell them about the kids and all the shit going on. Yeah, she's a little too forthcoming with information. Luckily, she's only talking to the Scooby gang at the moment. My problem, though, is that Amy's sitting right there. Since when is she part of the shop talk? To the extent that Buffy's talking. Yeah, she sh could have and should have been more actively involved in the group up to this point, I think. But she does know enough that it, it makes sense that she could be involved in this conversation. Yeah. Especially since, you know, they're making it canon that Amy is spending more time with Willow yeah. on the side of the group. 
I really wish we could have gotten a lot fucking more of that. Yeah. Missed opportunity. Show Willow having more friends than just the Scooby gang. Sure. She's obviously become more outgoing. Mm-hmm. You know, her social circle is open more. That should fucking... That should move in a direction like that. Yeah. But, you know, it's still there. It's still part of the story. And I'm really curious to see if they may have done anything like that in the new comic books that are kind of a reboot of the whole story. Yeah. Where she starts out being a lesbian, from what I've heard. Um, I haven't read any of it yet. Anyway, so... Yeah, Willow expresses that, hey, you know, at least your mom is trying. Which, you know, kind of kudos to, to Joyce for at least giving enough of a shit to want to try and see what the slaying is all about. Yeah, I guess. Well, uh, in comparison to Willow's mom, who's just a completely absentee. So much so that I don't even remember Willow's mom's name. It's Sheila. Is it? Yeah. I, I only know because of, from pulling lines from the transcript. Ah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, just as they're talking about Joyce, Joyce shows up. What the fuck are you doing at school, Joyce? Yeah, no, but seriously, like these days... You can't do that. No. They they won't just let random parents come in and just follow their fucking students around. Yeah. It's like, they're at school. Do your kids come and follow you around at work? No, because they'd be like, uh, why is your kid following you around at work? Go the fuck away. Yeah. My <clears throat> sister just finished high school. And let me tell you, nowadays, everyone has a fucking badge. Yeah. Everyone, like, there are checkpoints and shit. Mm -hmm. Like, that shit is locked the fuck down. Yeah. Um, Buffy mentions to Joyce that Giles believes that the symbol is humans and ritualistic. Joyce just jumps the track and she's like, oh, it's witches. It must be some evil witches. Which is ridiculous because witches say... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Because obviously there's two witches at the table here. Mm -hmm. um, Willow coughs and she goes, oh, sorry, phlegm, too much dairy. <laughs> Willow said that? Yeah. yeah. At this moment, Buffy, showing that she is probably the most situationally intelligent individual in the entire fucking cast, pulls Joyce away from the group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's exactly what she should have done. Yeah, good call. <laughs> Not that it helps at all, because turns out Joyce has been calling literally everyone she knows and telling oh them my God. way too much and arranging a candlelight vigil, which is fine. Seems like something that should have been happening anyway. But Joyce ended up being the, the head engineer of this candlelight vigil, even though they weren't her children. But, you know, more on that later. Yeah. And, you know, it's somewhat commendable that Joyce wants to be involved. I get that. But this comes across as the motives are good, the execution is bad. While the motives are good, she is putting herself in the middle of something that she does not understand. Well, also, just like when she shows up on Buffy's patrol, you were saying that her motives are good there, too, because... She says that she wants to understand this part of Buffy's life a little better. I don't feel like her actual motives are good. I feel like her 
motives look good superficially, but I feel like they are very selfish in origin. For instance, in this case, I don't feel like her motives for wanting to solve the mystery of these children's death and bring the killers to justice, I think it's because of her personal uh, trauma at having to, at seeing the dead body of a child. Okay, yeah. She's so shaken by that, that... A little divergent here, but this whole, this whole thing makes me want to ask this question. Do you think Joyce is purposely written to be a, like a bad character? Her being a bad mother is evident, but is it because the writers are like, hey, she's going to be a bad mother... Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. And yes, I do think it's on purpose. I think the flaws of all of the characters have been done purposefully. Like, everything that we're bitching about is not bad writing. We're just bitching about it because that's the first level thing that there is to bitch about. Right. Like, everything with Xander. Uh, I mean, especially for the 90s, his behavior was just kind of par for the course for teenage boys. Sickening, but true. Yeah. I don't know. What else? Uh, Willow not being able to get over Xander and Cordelia being super judgy, just having an insult around every corner, every little character flaw. Yeah, people are flawed. And without flawed characters, you have no plot. Yeah, true. If, if your characters have no room for growth, you have no plot. That is why Superman sucks. Right? <laughs> Character is invincible. Boring. And if they had no flaws, we'd have nothing to talk about. Yeah. I was just curious about that because I wonder how much intent was behind Xander. How much intent was behind Joyce. I um, Yeah, I don't think it was all done completely on purpose. Nobody's that much of a genius. I think... Both Xander and Joyce's flaws were a, a sign of the times. Judging by the way they wrote Sheila, and just the way that I do my mom synopsis, some of these writers had shitty parents, and this is just what they know. You write yeah. what you know. That is true. That is very, very true. And I don't think they're trying to portray her necessarily as good or bad, but as real. Okay. Satisfactory answer. Yeah. <laughs> I just love the family circus. That, that, that EJ. Voice talent. That, that, that yeah, EJ. Longer than you can imagine. Everyone, everyone, everyone's a win, win, winner, winner, winner. Never have the chance, never have the chance. Everyone's a winner. That's sunshine and roses. It really is. Moving on to the vigil. Yes. Boy, they didn't waste any fucking time here. <laughs> There's a lot of fucking people at the vigil. Apparently, Joyce is established in the fucking community right raced what the fuck well you've got to be good at talking to people if you're a museum curator i guess yeah yeah how big is there the museum though i don't remember if there's an episode about that but i really hope they get a little more into joyce's job before they kill her off yeah that would be nice um, we actually get to meet Willow's mom. Did we ever meet Willow's mom before this? This is definitely the first time we are meeting Willow's mom, which I think is why they they teed it up in the cafeteria scene with Willow making a mention of, 
I wish my mom was more interested in my extracurricular activities or my curricular activities for that matter. And, you know, as we brought up at least a season ago, do we ever see Xander or Willow's parents ever? Like, they mention yeah. them a couple of times. And I didn't, I didn't remember actually seeing Willow's mom at all. I was fucking surprised that she showed up in this episode. Yeah, ditto. I, I honestly thought we would go the entire series without seeing either of their parents. I did like how... <laughs> Willow's mom sees Willow and she's like, oh, you cut your hair. <laughs> yeah. She says, yeah, back in August. That was when the season started, by the way. Right. Because they line up with school year. Yep. And I looked up the date of Buffy's birthday, which is January 19th. So that like it's in January. That okay. This happened. So it's been five months since Willow cut her hair that her mom did not fucking notice. Well, and as we're about to see, it seems like Sheila is really caught up in herself and her own shit and is more concerned with the psychological academics of child rearing than right. actual child rearing. There was one question I wanted to get out of the way before we get too far away from it and being completely irrelevant. Back to Joyce's motivation. I mentioned, I just wanted to add on to this a little bit. I think that she's being selfish and she's interested in this case of the dead children because of her personal trauma at witnessing the dead bodies at the scene of the crime. And I just wanted to back that up a little bit with posing the question, do you think she'd have gone nearly as far with this demons notwithstanding if she had only heard about it and not been there and saw the bodies i could see her setting up a vigil yeah beyond that no no i i i don't think she'd have even done the vigil i think she'd have gone ah thoughts and prayers that sure does (laughs) suck God, there are a few phrases that make me just cringe. Yeah. It's like when she told Buffy that she can't drive because she doesn't need to worry about whether or not Buffy's driving off to Chicago. She's putting her own inability to control her own emotions on Buffy. And that's not even about limiting Buffy's options as much as it is about making sure that Buffy can't fucking go anywhere. Yeah, it's all about control. Yeah, no, I I think Joyce is just a fucking, not just a bad mom. I think she's a bad person and she's selfish and a narcissist. Which, you know, it kind of makes some sense with having gone through a divorce and everything. She's latched on to the one and only thing she had. Mm -hmm. You know, granted, she has friends and has settled into a new town and everything. But for a short window after her divorce with her husband, she, you know, all she had was Buffy and Buffy was a bad kid. So she really had to buckle down and be that that stern fucking parent. And, you know, it's just grown into something so much more compounded and worse. Yeah. But just to wrap that up, I don't think it makes her a bad character. It makes her an engaging character, even though infuriating. We're not saying that this is bad writing. Right. It's good writing. Anyway, back to the vigil scene. Yeah. Um, Giles shows up. This is the first interaction that Joyce and Giles have had since they fucked. Since the band candy episode. Yeah. And that just makes me laugh. 
because they're both super fucking awkward about it. Giles more than Joyce, which surprised me a little bit. Right. And they're having just as much of an awkward interaction as Xander was with Oz. Right. And Willow's mom is like, did you hear the rumor? And Giles is like, there's a rumor about us, referring to him and Joyce. And of course, he's just being completely paranoid because, you know, that's what you do when you feel guilty about something. Yep. And so Sheila's like, there's a rumor going around about people calling themselves witches being responsible for this brutal crime. And I was like, are they holding up cue cards behind the camera? The way she read yeah. that was so pathetic. Not the best actor. God, I hope we never see her again. I don't think we do. She's worse than Joyce. Yeah. I didn't think it was possible. Really hammers home the witch thing here to truly establish that this is the problem that we're going to face this episode. Yeah. This is an angry mob. Oh my God, there's witches. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of sort of establish that... Sheila is some kind of author, or at least she does some sort of writing. I think it sounds like she works as a professor. Sounds like she's a psychologist. Or that. Oh, yeah, because she mentioned having written an article. It was something about the study of the rise of mysticism among teens. Yep. And she was shocked at the statistical blah 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 mayor interrupts and gives a speech. And his speech is actually pretty decent. He towed the line. You know, for a political figure. Uh, But then Joyce speaks. Dear God. And she does lay down some good, solid fucking truth, though. She's like, no, fuck this town. This town is not a good place. People fucking die all the fucking time. And what the fuck is up with this? This is bullshit. Open your eyes, people. (laughs) You're all sheeple. Yeah. (laughs) And Buffy and Giles are standing back like, oh, fuck. Fuck. Yeah. Joyce does not understand the first rule of Slayer Club. Right? At all. The first rule of Slayer Club is you don't talk about Slayer Club. The second rule of Slayer Club is you also do not fucking talk about Slayer Club. But specifically, she says the the line, this isn't our town anymore. It belongs to the monsters and the witches and the Slayers. Yeah. What the fuck was that about? The fuck, Joyce? Buffy, you made some bad choices. You just might have to live with some consequences. This isn't over. If I have to, I'll go all the way to the mayor. Way to fucking... What the fuck? Demonize your own daughter in front of an angry mob. Luckily, I guess... The rest of the fucking angry mob doesn't know that she's specifically demonizing her own daughter. Yeah, how the fuck do they even... The willful choice to ignore. Yeah. That's too weird. I'm going to go over here now. This is a thing normal people fucking do. If something is beyond your scope of what you can actually handle, you block it out. You ignore it. Of reckoning. Yeah. I reckon that's a not a nin. It's a, it's a reckoning. But it's the same thing that everyone knows, especially in Sunnydale High, everyone knows that Buffy's a badass. And everyone knows she has been through some shit. But no one talks about it. There's all sorts of 
throughout the entire fucking series, little subtle nods towards it. There's even one later in this episode where it's like, no, nobody talks about her and what she does, but everyone fucking knows. Everyone fucking knows. Yeah. And everyone knows that Sunnydale is a fucking cesspool, demon-filled hellhole. And yet they stay. Yeah. It's weird. Even in the alternate Bizarro universe, people still stayed, even without Buffy. Yeah. It's like, really, guys? You're literally fucking dinner for some random monster. How is this not a ghost town yet? And they established that the rest of the world was not a hellhole in that alternate universe. Right? Except for, what was it, Colorado or somewhere in Cleveland. Ohio? Cleveland. Yeah. Fuck you, Drew Carey. Cleveland's <laughs> a cesspool of demons and vampires. <laughs> Not of people at all. So cut to the coven, or so cut to this scene that turns out to be in either Willow or Amy's room, or yep. could have been in Kenny's room. What was his, was his name? Michael. Michael. Ah. I'm sorry, Kenny. Um, <laughs> could have been Michael's room. It's one of their rooms. So we see some dark hooded cloaked figures and they're burning shit in a skull. And then we realize that it's Willow and Amy and Michael. Yep. And for just a second there, I was like, holy shit, is this episode going to be the plot of Hot Fuzz? <laughs> I, was, I was like, are they going to oh, make... Oh, that would have been amazing. Is Joyce going to be the Simon Pegg character? Because <laughs> she's the one, you know, leading the charge yeah. against the cultists. But no. I do want to take a moment to say, if you've not seen Hot Fuzz, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Yeah, solid movie. <laughs> to this day, definitely. Um, also, it's kind of sort of a spiritual trilogy with, what is it, World's End? Oh, yeah. it's it And Shaun it of is. the Dead. It is. No, I know. But anyway, that would have been a much better direction to take this episode, I thought, yes, than where they did take it. Uh, but we notice in this ritual that they're using the symbol that was on the chi the children's hands. Yeah, so we're like, oh no, is Willow a bad guy? Okay, not till season six, all right? Nope, not till season six. Deal with it. But we get introduced to this new character. It's the next day at school. He's emo goth kid, Michael. Uh-huh. Um, he's at his locker with Amy. He sure is. Uh, Rando Jock C, I'm labeling him, mm. shows up to bully Michael. He's slamming him against the uh, the lockers, and Amy sticks up for Michael, and she's like, oh, what if I step in? And he's like, what, you trying to threaten me or something? And then... The camera angle is looking at Michael and the jock with Amy standing behind him along the side of the locker. And in the far background, just enough to have her head pop in, Buffy like sticks her head in the frame, looks at the jock with this expression of, you want to wrestle? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I thought it was pretty pathetic how he was... Uh, uh, Hard air quotes here, roughing up Michael. Yeah. I was like, are you trying to turn him on? What's going on here? <laughs> All right. So immediately the jock backs down because, like I said before, everyone actually knows that Buffy's a badass and you don't fuck with her. <laughs> yes. Well established in this episode. People are not stupid about Buffy. 
Michael and Amy go off to class. Buffy ends up running into Cordy. Giles happens to just be there. Yeah, he witnesses this whole conversation. And can I just say, he's drinking out of a fucking styrofoam cup again. Again? Can we build an interdimensional transportation device to to zap ourselves into the past and into the dimension of Buffy just to give this man a decent fucking mug? I already did that, Rex. Like, then why is he still drinking out of styrofoam, Josh? Because it made an offshoot of a branch of a different dimension and so that that happens in a different dimension but we'll never actually get to witness it then what's the fucking point to shut you up well it didn't work yeah that's in a different dimension too there's people who pay me to talk now (laughs) how about that well us i feel like that's that's more of a counts more of an us it counts yeah are you paying us to talk? You should be. <laughs> Check us out on patreon.com forward slash beer with Buffy. Yes. Hey. No, I. What the fuck? Styrofoam cups. Seriously. <laughs> Styrofoam is gross. It makes the coffee taste shitty. Yeah, it really does. It's like, what are you on a film set or something? Oh, wait. <laughs> hmm. Exactly. <laughs> But yeah, Cordy shows up, lays down some insults about hanging out with freaks and losers. Giles is worried that it actually was witches that did this thing because his research says that this is a ritualistic symbol. But he specifically needs a book that Willow borrowed to confirm his suspicions. And then we get to see Xander again. Yeah, Giles tells Buffy that he needs a book that Willow has checked out. And so Buffy goes and finds Willow in the lounge uh, where Xander is. Finds Xander to ask Xander where Willow is. And Xander obviously knows where Willow is. But he has a little bit of a rant about why the fuck everyone is always asking him where Willow is. Yeah. Despite the fact that he always knows where Willow is. Xander's being an asshole, which is to say the sun is rising in, in the east and setting in the west. They say young people don't learn anything in high school nowadays, but um, I've learned to be afraid. So what was the uh, story about that alligator? He says, is a man not innocent until proven guilty? Buffy says, you are guilty. You got illicit smoochies. You got to pay the price. (laughs) Every bit of that line, I fucking love it. So it bothered me because his argument is basically, it's in the past. I shouldn't have to suffer the consequences in the future. Actually, no, that's exactly what that means. Yeah. His issue seems to be with Oz. Because he goes, everyone expects me to mess up again. Like, Oz, I see how he is around me. You know that steely-eyed gaze and pointed silence? Buffy says, oh, because he's usually a chatterbox. Yeah. Well, he's obviously just acting out projecting his own insecurities and guilt onto Oz because Oz isn't acting any different. Oz is being astoundingly cool about the whole thing. Yeah, like way cooler than Xander remotely fucking deserves. Than Xander's capable of ever being himself. Yeah. Yeah. I did like the last bit that that Xander says. He goes, it's more of a verbal, nonverbal. He speaks volumes with his eyes. Which I thought was funny because a few episodes ago, or actually it might have been the episode where Oz is introduced, 
anyway, there was an episode where you said something about a uh, look on Oz's face and it speaks volumes. Because it's true. Yeah. Because Seth Green is a very impressive physical actor for playing a character that's this succinct. Okay. Or terse. Mm. Or laconic. They're all in the same, you know, kiddie pool. <laughs> um, so Buffy finds Willow's notes. Yep. And as she comes out of the bathroom, she grabs the notes. Okay, this is one of my quotes of the day. She's not acting guilty about having this symbol no. in her notes. So it doesn't it's not like she's like you can't see that because I'm doing evil things with it. Buffy asks her what's this because on the paper she sees the symbol that was on the kids hands. Yeah. And she's actually one of the very few people who knows about the symbol on the kids hands because the police have not released that this symbol is on the kids hands. Yeah. So Willow does not know that the symbol is on the kids hands. Okay. So she's like, what's this? And quote of the day, Willow replies with a doodle. I do doodle. You too. You do doodle too. (laughs) I just love how it flows. It does. It's very nice. And then all fucking hell breaks loose. I don't know about all hell, but a small helping of a side of hell. And yeah, because served up by Snyder himself. So the cops are suddenly searching all of the lockers. Xander says, oh, man, it's Nazi Germany and I've got playboys in my locker and he won't shut up about it. Yeah, it's like, dude, obviously the witches in your social group are legitimately worried about what is fucking going on right now. And you're worried about playboy? That's not even good porn. Yeah, I know, right? Um, Oh, come on. It's classy porn, Rex. Don't you like to read the articles? Obviously, he shouldn't have Playboy. He should just have a fucking stack of linoleum. (laughs) With etchings of pictures from Hustler on them. It does make me think about how... Are porno mags even a thing still? Like... I'm pretty sure they are. Like, I don't, I can't remember the last time I fucking saw one. I'm sure sales have gone down significantly (laughs) since the internet. Yeah. Thank you, Al Gore. (laughs) You know, now people can just stick their porn into a pneumatic tube and just go. (laughs) They can get a piece of candy and a free pen with it, too. Oh, that's a deep layered joke, and I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, that's that's excellent. <laughs> uh, Snyder gets to boast all hardcore about how gleefully he is getting to search lockers. Yeah, I th- I thought his little speech here was kind of dumb. It was. Like, extra dumb, even for Snyder. Really? Yeah. The students aren't even supposed to be here when this is happening. It's not like they said, all students report to the locker hallway as we search your lockers. Everybody just kind of scattered and watched it happen anyway. And Snyder says, hmm, I think I'm going to seize this opportunity to be a little dickbag. And he's like, I just want to say if Snyder was any larger of a person, he would be a big dick bag. Yeah. He is as big of a dick bag as his small stature can possibly contain. 
Which I think really qualifies him as a medium dickbag. Him being a medium dickbag is very impressive. <laughs> For his size. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. I'm not even going to say his line. It's not important. Then, you know, Odo, of course, runs in and he's like, you didn't find me in my locker. We're just going to have to continue this game of hide and seek tomorrow. Oh, Odo. I think Odo would be very dismayed at how the law enforcement is being applied here. Well, I guarantee it. But uh, that's not what this slasher fan fiction is about, okay? Right. This is about Snyder and Odo doing it. All right? Okay, moving on. I'll find something to hide and seek in you. (laughs) There it is. Is it my penis? Oh, yes. (laughs) God. (laughs) There it is. I... Stop. Amy, I'm just gonna stop trying to be subtle about it. <laughs> <laughs> hey Odo, I'd like to elicit some gay sex with you. How does that sound? Well, I don't know. Will you be putting it in my anus? I just, I, I, I do want to point out that Odo doesn't have genitalia. Yeah, he can have whatever he wants. <laughs> he can have Medusa-style snakes down there if he fucking wants to, man. <laughs> oh, God. Moving on! I'm quite sure that a girl with the talents and abilities of Buffy will land on her feet. In fact, I noticed as I came in this morning that a hot dog on a stick is hiring. You will look so cute in that hat. Amy gets pinched. Uh, Willow is legitimately worried. Xander being self-centered as usual. Then Willow gets pinched. And Buffy, very smoothly takes the book from willow as the cops like grab her and pull her aside no one really notices it good covert action there i didn't notice it and then cut to the library which is being ransacked as well yeah and giles is very upset as you'd expect as he should be okay yeah quote of the day from giles here this is intolerable Snyder's interfered before, but I won't take this from that twisted little homunculus. Homunculus is such a good word. I had to look that one up. A lot of fantasy novels. Okay. Yeah. Well, that that was why I opened up the transcription. Snyder's reply to this line here is, So fierce, I suppose I should hear you out. Just how is, um, picks up a book, Blood Rites and Sacrifices, Appropriate for a public school library. Is the chess cub branching out? And you know, kind of a legitimate point there. Right? Yeah. What do you need that kind of stuff for in a public high school? Uh. The degree at which the cops are pulling books off of the general purpose shelves of this library. Yeah, they're not even looking. Like, they're not fucking librarians. What the fuck do they know? It either is they're pulling all books or Giles has really filled that library with the occult stuff. With quite a lot of occult stuff. Maybe there was an occult section that they were ransacking. Maybe. Mm. But he wouldn't have labeled it. How would they even know? I don't know. Snyder's probably been snooping around in there and had an idea. Oh, yeah. He was probably pointing and clicking and telling them where to go. But the true gold of the whole fucking scene is the very last line from Snyder. Lift a finger against me and you'll have to answer to Moo. Buffy incredulously (laughs) answers, answer to Moo? 
did that sentence just make some sense that I'm not in on? <laughs> and this is how we learn of mothers opposed to the occult being led by Joyce. And it should be motto, by the way. Well, sure, but, you know, tradition it's it's totally legitimate to cut out of and the and two and four and all that shit. But motto is a way fucking better acronym than moo. Yeah, but moo is funnier. <sighs> also, how pathetic is it that Snyder's relying on a completely brand new parent organization to do his bidding? Right. That's pathetic. But, I mean, we all knew that Snyder was pretty fucking pathetic to begin with. True. So, cut to Willow's house. Sheila. Sheila, Sheila, Sheila. Yeah, she... Having a talk with Willow about magic. I said here that Sheila is almost more insufferable than Joyce. No, she just is more insufferable than Joyce. Yeah. She grounds Willow because she found some spell ingredients in her room. Yeah. First of all... Your daughter's 17 fucking years old, okay? And you have literally not paid a lick of fucking attention to her like for years, obviously. At least years, but most likely her entire fucking life. You've just been a wisp of an existence to her. Yep. And now suddenly you give a half a fuck? I really hope that's just because the demons are manipulating you. Willow starts ranting at her trying to get her to accept that she is actually a witch. Yeah. And one of her lines during this whole diatribe of hers, she screams to the heavens, Prince of Night, I summon you. Come fill me with your black, naughty evil. <laughs> Giggity. <laughs> yeah. I thought also noteworthy was... Mom, how do you know what I can do? I mean, the last time we had a conversation over three minutes, it was about the patriarchal bias of the Mr. Rogers show. Well, with King Friday lording it over all the lesser puppets. It was like, wow. I can't even argue that. All right, moving along. Oh, man. Also, Willow's mom cannot get Buffy's name right, and it's hilarious to me. Bunny? That's the <laughs> second time we've heard somebody call Buffy Bunny. Do you remember the first time? No. It was episode two when Douche Nuts was on the phone at the party, Dead Man's Party. Oh, yeah. Giles calls the house. He's like, what? Bunny? There's no bunny here. Nobody here, Mr. Belvedere. Sorry. Like, you guys. <laughs> We're totally talking about another episode. <laughs> I, almost, I almost had a thing to say about that, but I'm like, no, we got to go back to the right episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they do that fun thing again where the end of one scene just leads into the next because Willow's mom is like, you can't be friends with Buffy anymore. Cut to Buffy's house and Joyce is saying, you can't be friends with that Willow anymore. And again, I say she's 17 fucking years old and a superhero. And in a week, going to be 18. With divine fucking powers. Yep. Do fuck off, Joyce. Yeah, the level of condescending she's being towards Buffy in this whole scene is peak. Luckily... 
both in this episode and in Band Candy, which was the last time she really super pissed me off, she's got an excuse that there's some supernatural force at work yep. making her into her true self. Yeah, really. Or or at least exaggerating her true self. Right. But she specifically is lecturing Buffy about how Buffy's tactics are inconsequential and fruitlessly reactionary. Yeah. Fuck you, Joyce. A lot. Because, okay, you're not being reactionary. I guess kudos, but bullshit on how you're executing that. How is what you're doing going to stop demons and vampires, you twit? There's still things that will eat you. Also, she absolutely is being completely reactionary. Oh, this thing scared me. And she even used that as like her main point of argument against Buffy. She's like, do you understand how that terrifies me? And that was supposed to be the last nail in the coffin that made Buffy go, you're right, mom. I understand how that terrifies you. Let me succumb to your will. No. Again, your emotions are your fucking problem. Not anybody else's. Buffy has shit to do. And so Buffy is like, oh, fuck you. I'm going on patrol. And she fucks right off. She does. And then this is when we see that Joyce is seeing and listening to the two dead kids. Yeah, Elmer and Jalila here. Um, now I, I gotta just... mention this the the boy, Elmer. Yes, Elmer. I just made those up. <laughs> I know. Okay. Have you seen the Kazoo Kid meme? <laughs> I happen to have seen that just before we started this episode. The one where the kid is like staring off into fucking space and he's like, wow, <laughs> the land of make-believe. <laughs> and if if you ever say that line mocking the meme, you have to move your head in that way. Yeah. <laughs> As if you're the worst child actor on the planet. (laughs) Worst. Oh, but that's what this kid reminds me of. And he is the the most 90s fucking haircut ever. Yeah. (laughs) Parted in the middle, almost a bowl cut too. It's like the Jonathan Taylor Thomas haircut. I was just going to say that. (laughs) Maybe it's it's just the way the wind was blowing that decade. (laughs) <laughs> yes, it's time to listen. The good guys are always stalwart and true. The bad guys are easily distinguished by their pointy horns or black hats. We always defeat them and save the day. No one ever dies and everybody lives happily ever after. Liar. So we cut to patrol back at the playground where Angel shows up. Because he's always stalking Buffy. Always knows where to find her. That is correct. (laughs) I didn't asterisk any scenes, but had I, this probably would have been one of them. Yeah, the only really good bit about this is there is a little bit of a cleverness to Angel's line of, I heard about this. People are talking. People are even talking to me. Buffy just explains to angel what joyce was saying and 
My favorite part about this scene was like that kid in the story. (laughs) The boy that stuck his finger in the duck. (laughs) I'm like, wait, what? I don't know what story (laughs) she's actually referring to. You know, I I, I meant to Google it. Because the angel corrects her and says, dyke. It's another word for dam. Yeah. And she goes, oh, that story makes so much more sense so now. So much more sense now. <laughs> and I, I just think it's amazing that she accepted that a boy had stuck his finger in a duck. And just like... <laughs> Quack! Quack! <laughs> exactly! <laughs> what are you doing to that duck? <laughs> that poor duck? <laughs> Yeah, probably deserved it. They're a bunch of rapists <laughs> and necrophiliacs. Full circle. Brought a full circle. Yeah. We're done here. This has been Beer with Buffy. Quack. <laughs> Quack. <laughs> Reeves be with you. <laughs> oh, I can't breathe. Okay. <laughs> okay. So. The boy that stuck his finger in the dike. Basically, what this is referring to is um, Buffy is she's being all self-piteous because uh, her mom just gave her a bunch of shit about not having a plan and just being a reactionary. And you're not really it. The town's not running out of vampires. She's like, I don't think that's how it works. And Buffy held her own during that conversation. But obviously, Joyce got to her. Right. And so the the finger in the dike is a folk tale apparently from the Netherlands about a boy who noticed that there was a dam that had a leak in it and so he stuck his finger in it to prevent it from uh cracking open and flooding the entire city and he stayed there with his finger plugging the leak all night until some adults showed up and could fix it. And so it's about the power of an individual being able to stop large catastrophic things from happening, essentially. Okay. So I don't understand why she says it in a negative light here, because her line just before, she says, Is Sunnydale any better than when I first came here? Okay, so I battle evil, but I don't really win. The bad keeps coming back and getting stronger, like that kid in the story. The boy that stuck his finger in the duck. So I'm guessing maybe in my cursory Google search here, I'm not seeing everything. It sounds like there's another version of the story where he sticks his finger in the in the dike and leaks keep springing up in other places and making the issue worse than had he stuck his finger in the dike in the first place. Like a Looney Tunes cartoon. Whack. Yeah. Yes, exactly like that. So... I do want to point this out, Buffy. Um, We have unequivocal proof as (coughs) viewers that things are significantly better in Sunnydale because you're there. Because in the alternate universe where you weren't, everything was way worse. Yeah, we (laughs) just saw proof of that, but we can't fault Buffy for feeling bad and wondering because obviously none of them retained any memories of that. So... Whatever. You know, at least you didn't eat the principal and then remember it. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, those poor fucking kids. 
But yeah, Angel encourages her with the line of, you fight not to win, but because it's worth fighting for. Mm-hmm. So she has an epiphany about the kids' parents because Angel just flippantly is like, we want to make the world a better place for the for the kids and for the parents. And she's like, what? Wait just a gall darn second. Yep. And cut to the library where we get another excellent fucking quote from Giles. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> Giles is yelling at the computer and he's like, session interrupted. Who said you could interrupt, you stupid, useless fad? No, I said fad, and I'll say it again. (laughs) Buffy busts in uh, without Kool-Aid or knocking down any walls. Yeah, very disappointing. It's very disappointing. She demands details on the kids, pointing out that nobody has a goddamn clue who these fucking kids are. And no one even knows where the fuck they got the photos for the kids. Right? It's super weird. It's a bit weird. And so this is the scene where they figure it out. They link up with Willow over the net. Um, They find multiple dead kids, the same kids every 50 years, dating back to 1649. Yeah. Now, I find it hard to believe that they were able to um, get a hold of Willow through the internet with a dial-up connection while her laptop was closed, but okay, whatever. Well, they did previously establish that Oz does know his shit with computers as well. Yeah, I suppose. They probably had some sort of protocol set up, and she was probably ready for it. Yeah. But also, holy shit. Willow has a pretty swanky fucking laptop for 1998. Damn. Yes, she does. Like, holy... No, that shit was expensive. Oh, this is technically 1999 now because it's January. Oh, you're right. You're right, 1999. That shit was expensive back then. Oh, yeah, it still fucking is, but even more so back then. Willow gets busted. Her mom comes in as apparently you pointed out. She pulls the phone, the phone cord. Um, yep. Giles hypothesizes that there are some who believe that fairy tales are real. Mm hmm. And they, they believe that these kids are Hansel and Gretel. Or at least quite possibly the real life origin point of the stories about Hansel and Gretel and therefore we might as well call them Hansel and Gretel or as they made a very clear point of pronouncing it Hansel and Gretel even Xander was like Hansel and Gretel why yes Xander Hansel and Gretel not a single person at any point said Hansel like the midwestern tool bags we are yeah I always heard it as Hansel Hansel and Gretel no they said Hansel the whole episode Maybe we're fucking either. Maybe we're wrong, or maybe they're Californians. I'll Hansel your Gretel. Oh shit, that sounds right. Right? Yeah. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Does it make you want to play some foosball, Rex? It has been a long time since I've played foosball. Hansel der foosball. (laughs) We should figure out what kind of deal this is. I mean, is it a gathering, a shindig, or a hootenanny? 
mellow song stylings. Shindig dip. Less mellow song stylings, perhaps a large amount of malt beverage. And hoot nanny. Well, it's chock full of hoot, just a little bit of nanny. This is when uh, Michael, emo goth kid, busts into the room. Buffy's like, Michael, you stay here. And Giles tells him to hide in his office. And this is the last time we ever fucking see him again. Michael? Yeah. Oh, he uh, probably gets sucked into like an orb or a trophy. Why would Giles ever think twice about it? (laughs) Maybe Giles likes to eat young boys for dinner occasionally. Haven't had long pork in yas. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, this is when <coughs> Willow's mom kidnaps Willow. Buffy and Giles go to Buffy's house, and Joyce is having a meeting of Moo. Moo? Moo? Moo! <laughs> it always just makes me think of the cow that's being milked and enjoying it a little too much. See, it was making me think of the interrupting cow joke. <laughs> so, Willow's house. <laughs> um, Willow's mom comes to get her and she's like, I think you need to get your coat, honey. She's like, but what's going on? I said, get your coat, witch. I was like, ah, there's your real mom. I don't care if she's under the effects of a yep. demon. That's your real mom right there. She came back with that way too quick. So then we're at Buffy's house and uh, Buffy and Giles run in and Joyce immediately is like, Buffy, Mr. Giles, did something happen? And that sounds about as innocent as a cat with feathers sticking out of its mouth. Yeah. Coming out of Joyce. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Giles, did something go wrong? I don't know anything that could have possibly gone wrong, but did it? Oh, no. Or How effective would chloroform be on Buffy? I mean, she needs oxygen just like everybody else. Maybe chloroform is her kryptonite. Well, also, chloroform does not fucking work like that. Oh, I'm, I'm fully aware. From all accounts um, I've heard, not that I would know. <laughs> <laughs> By everything I know, that the general use at which we see chloroform used in film would actually fucking kill people. Yeah? Yeah, chloroform is toxic. Sure. But from what I've heard, like, yeah, if you hold a chloroformed rag to somebody's face, sure, it'll knock them out. But pretty much the second you take that away, they're going to start getting oxygen again and they're going to come too. It might be a little groggy, but it's not going to keep them out for any length of time. I don't know. That I don't know. That's all I've heard. I don't. I haven't heard anything about it killing them, but that's possible too. But in her kind of dazed state as she's going unconscious, Buffy sees the two kids. Yeah. And confirms truly that Joyce has been seeing the two kids. Hmm. Ah. So, do you think she wouldn't have been able to see them had she not been chloroformed? I don't know. It seems like the kids definitely only show themselves selectively to people that they want to manipulate. And it seems like they were there when Buffy was having that conversation with Joyce. Right. I think maybe that the, that, that is the case. That, that's what I read, read from the scene. Yeah. I don't know. It's wishy-washy as fuck. Yep. 
Real quick cut to Willow's. Xander and Oz bust in at Willow's. They're all gone. They see signs of a struggle. They fuck off again. Yep. And then we're at the school where Willow, Buffy, and Amy are tied to stakes, surrounded by piles of books. They're not at the school. They're at City Hall. Oh, is that City Hall? It's City Hall. The whole thing is at City Hall. Okay, so they're at the City Hall. Willow, Buffy, and Amy are tied to stakes, surrounded by piles of books. Yeah, Giles ain't getting those... mob with torches. Yeah, Giles ain't getting those books back. No. Those poor fucking books. This upsets me. I understand that this is all staged, but... But they had to, like, they're, they're probably, like, empty or used or damaged books or something, but, but they're fucking books. You don't burn books. It's not the Library of Alexandria. Do you have any idea how many books Goodwill destroys on a regular basis? Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> Truckloads. It makes me sad. Truckloads. Because they just can't move that many books. I know. <laughs> I miss all my books. You have plenty of books. Shut up. Uh, No. No, I don't. It's not the Library of Alexandria. You'll be fine. There's no such thing as too many books. There's only such thing as not enough bookshelves. If you move often enough, there is such a thing as too many books. Fine. I'll just stop moving. I think both of us have hit that (laughs) point, frankly. As I'm slowly rebuilding my book collection. Until you own a mansion and you get an East Wing dedicated to all your books for the rest of your and your grandchildren's lives. Only one wing? No. As many wings as you want, Rex. Barbecue flavored. Sweet. For your books. (laughs) So, cut back to Buffy's house. Cordelia's (laughs) slapping Giles' unconscious face. Oh, her line just makes me smile so much. She says, how much does it make you smile, Rex? So much. So much. She says, I found you all unconscious again. How many times have you been knocked out anyway? (laughs) I swear, one of these times you're going to wake up in a coma. Wake up in a... Oh, never mind. (laughs) Yeah, that was gold. Back to City Hall. Uh, Xander and Oz walk in the front door and there's yep. four old dudes that look like they just got back from a barbecue um where your books were and <laughs> they're wearing those stupid moo moo pins again nope everyone loves a cow nobody likes a moo moo yeah so they uh they chase them cut back to the inner room of the city hall yep. buffy wakes up joyce has totally fucking cracked, let me tell you. Oh, yes. Um, Is this where they make fucking lunch plans as they light their daughters yes. on fire? Yes. That's what happens. Willow's mom and Joyce make fucking lunch plans. This is fucked up. Yeah. Buffy's like, Mom, you don't want to do this. Joyce says, since when does it matter what I want? I wanted a normal, happy daughter. Instead, I got a slayer. And I... I really think these were truth demons here. <laughs> so, oh yeah. Amy escapes by becoming uh by being a fucking animagi, not a very good one. <laughs> but nevertheless, um she turns herself <laughs> into a rat. Yeah. And A, fucking impressive. Mhm. Uh but B, it really was coming off like she was going to summon a swarm of rats. 
And I wonder if that's what her intention was. It's possibly. And she just fucked it up. Or she was trying to turn the room into rats. Or all of the people that, in the room. That, okay, that maybe that's better. <laughs> I, because. But what she did worked. Yeah. For her. She didn't know that they were going to get out of that. Immediately after she turns herself into a rat, Buffy says, she couldn't do us first. Right. <laughs> uh, so now Willow and Buffy are threatening with powers they don't actually have, threatening to turn them into fish. <laughs> yep. Uh, cut to on the road. Giles is actually using his fucking car. Finally, <laughs> uh, and trying to remember the incantation from memory while Cordelia is following his instructions to put together a potion, some sort of concoction. And he tells her to put this toadstool in there and she says, it doesn't look like a toad. Well, there's no reason it should. It's from inside the toad. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> so that was that was a nice little golden yeah. Cordelia Giles moment. It's always really fantastic when those two are have any time by themselves. Yes, very much so. Uh, cut back to Town Hall, where Oz and Xander have escaped the barbecue dads <laughs> uh, chasing them, and they realize that Buffy and Willow are above them, so they're gonna crawl through the vents. Yep, which they weren't above them at all. They were actually yeah. in the room just to the right. But I suppose it makes sense that they could take the vents around to that room because the door was locked, as we find in only a moment yep. when Cordelia and Giles break in and he just rips a hairpin out of her hair. Yeah, be gentle. Damn. How did he know where the hairpin was? He's Ripper and he fucking pays attention. He pays fucking attention. I'll give him that. Um, And Cordy's like, wow, you really were the little youthful offender, weren't you? You must just look back on that and cringe. Why, though? Like, uh, well, because he's so straight laced now, I guess. But that just shows how much Cordelia doesn't know Giles. Yeah. Uh, they bust in. <laughs> Cordy grabs the fire hose and starts to spray people down. And Buffy's like, no, Cordy, the fire. Put out the fire. Oh, the fire. <laughs> so she puts out the fire. Good call. But my favorite part about this is Giles starts chanting in German. And it just sounds fucking hilarious. Yeah, it <laughs> seems really out of place, especially for a magical incantation. Like, unless you're giving a speech... About war. German is a funny sounding language. <laughs> <laughs> right. But if you're give if you're if you're giving an angry speech, German is intimidating. Gluten, gluten, glouten, gloven. <laughs> and then drop a good nineties album. Yep. You know, you know the one. You know what There's I'm talking two about. That start with that. What? There's two songs that start with that. Really? Yeah. I can't even remember the name of the band. The original one is Rock of Ages by, by I think, Def Leppard. Hmm. Yeah. So the other one is uh, the offspring. Pretty fly for a white guy. Yeah. But Wait. yeah, two songs. And I'm pretty sure that pretty fly for a white guy specifically samples the Def Leppard song. Hmm. Okay. That's how they don't get sued the same way that uh, Vanilla Ice did. Over or who got sued for stealing? Der, 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 der. 
Um, I think that was Vanilla Ice. Was it? Yeah, Ice Ice Baby. Yeah. Oh yeah, for under uh, stealing the opening of Under Pressure. So Giles sings "Pretty Fly for a White Guy" and <laughs> turns the the kids back into a giant troll thing. <laughs> that is not "Pretty Fly for a White Guy." <laughs> ninja, ninja, rap. <laughs> Go ninja, go, go ninja, ninja, go, go ninja, go ninja, go. <laughs> oh, we didn't grow up in the 90s at all. That's the second time we've done that on this podcast. Is it? Yes. Fuck. <laughs> we're, we're in hell. We're repeating ourselves. We're in hell. We're going to repeat <laughs> all of our jokes approximately every three seasons, everyone. Yeah. I just wanted to Apparently. let you know. Uh, but... The troll being the troll, the spell is broken, and the troll apparently decides to attack Buffy, who is tied to a stake. Um, oh, wait, we missed uh, we missed the vent shaft scene where literally nothing happens. I don't remember a vent shaft That's because scene. literally nothing happened. Right. Oz and Xander were crawling through the vent shaft, and that was it. Buffy breaks the stake off the ground that she's tied to and just kind of leans forward and the troll runs into it. And she's like, did I get it? And it zooms out and we see her awkwardly standing as the stake is through the troll's neck. Yeah. She... And then Oz and Xander fall through the ceiling with perfect timing. And it, I forget if it's Oz or Xander who says, we're here to save you. Cut to Willow's room for the wrap-up. Yep, where they're casting a spell in hopes of turning Amy the Rat into Amy the Human. <laughs> and the only thing that Willow's mom <laughs> remembers from the entire ordeal is that Willow is dating a musician, which is funny because when she told her that during the scene, that was the thing that she reacted to the most harshly. Yep. Uh, so that makes sense. And so Oz has to come over to dinner next week. And so they're casting this spell to bring Amy back from Rat Hood. I, I don't understand why. She's adorable. Um, yeah, I, rats are cute. I wish they'd done the rest of the show with Buffy as a rat. and then Yeah, Buffy rat! Buffy rat! <laughs> 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 anyway, the spell doesn't work. And so Buffy's line is pure gold. Maybe we should get her one of those wheel thingies. Gerarg. Gerarg. I'm dating. I, I'm having serious dating with a werewolf. And I'm studying witchcraft and, and killing vampires. It's like a drug. So, Josh, how'd you feel about this episode? Well, Josh, I thought there were exactly two entertaining parts of this episode, and we literally just talked about them. How'd you feel about this episode, Rex? I, yeah, there's there's about two entertaining parts of this episode. Yeah. Amy Rat needing a wheel thingy, and Oz and Xander falling through the ceiling, and having literally nothing to do, contributing towards the end of the problem. Although, any inclusion of Giles and his technophobia is always gold. Yeah, okay. So that... I'll give that a I'll give that a half a point 
and also another half a point just for the car ride between Giles and Cordelia. Yeah. So altogether, three entertaining parts of this episode. Everything else was shite. Total, total fucking shite. Complete shite. Not worth the time of day, really. Yeah. Yeah. Literally the only thing story-wise that seems to have happened in this episode that actually matters in the long-termness of the show is Amy turning into a rat. I'll take your word for it. I vaguely recall some stuff, but not with enough clarity to have anything to say about it right now. So what's your quote of the day? My quote of the day was... Oz and Xander crash through the ceiling. We're here to save you. <laughs> I am sticking with my first quote. A doodle. I do doodle. You too. You do doodle too. <laughs> Wait, no. There might have been something. What What does Giles say to the computer? Oh, wait. No, no, no. Okay. Here's my new, my new quote of the day. It's like that boy who stuck his finger in the duck. <laughs> because... <laughs> That's funny. That's just funny. <laughs> Affleck. <laughs> Why do I have the sudden desire to purchase insurance? <laughs> I don't know, Brian. <laughs> Where are we going to get a duck that feels like it's been violated? <laughs> Just ask Buffy. <laughs> well, you see, Pinky, we're just going to have to violate the duck. <laughs> oh! Nuff! recollect my train of thought here <laughs> yeah it's your closing so. i'm aware i'm just whenever you're ready <sighs> so this has been beer with buffy as always follow us on twitter like us on facebook review us on itunes if you'd like to support us financially find us on patreon.com slash beer with buffy you can always email us at beer with buffy at gmail.com and leave us a voicemail at 269 743-0783. As always, thanks for the music to Benjamin Alexander and Reggie Page. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. Have a good night. Keanu Speed, Rex. Reeves be with you.
it, wasn't it? Wee! Wait, what have we done? Wh why are we watching this? <laughs>